When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. I am bringing you the interview show a day early because I got shit to do tomorrow and I want to make sure I get this up. (laughs) I'd rather a day earlier than a day late. Uh, Today's guest, Mr. Boobian Shake. I say Mr. because that's his Twitter handle. Um, He's a spy. I don't know how else to say it. He's a spy. He's a spy. He, he he worked undercover. He helped break up a terror plot in the city of Toronto. He has a fixture in the Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. He is the baddest motherfucker you will ever meet. He's also really cool. Um, and he's a dad. And I wanted to talk to him about how he turns that off. How does he turn off that portion of his brain? Uh, and then the conversation gets really serious towards the end. Um... I want to thank him for his time, obviously, and I'll thank him a million times, but uh, you will fall in love with Moobie and Shake during this conversation. I promise you that. Before I dive into the interview, I have to do this. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to say, can you please hit subscribe? You're probably listening or watching to this, and there's a subscribe button that's or follow something like that. Just give me one of those. If there's like a five star thing. I take one of those. If there's a thumbs up, I'll take one of those. I'll take a three star or anything, anything that kind of move the needle to say that I'm better than average, which is greatly appreciated. Comments, love comments. Um, I think that's all the paperwork. I think that's all the, here's moving theme song. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. All right, as promised, my guest today is Mr. Mubin Shake. He's Mr. Mubin Shake on Twitter, former security intelligence and counterterrorism operative, currently a professor at public safety at Seneca College, and co-host of the Spies Like Us podcast with Brandon Blackburn. I got it up there for us. Uh, it's a oh, great yeah. podcast. Yeah, man, it's fantastic. Uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Mubin. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, most so, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, so when I uh, when I'm doing a little prep work and I say I'm a Google this person, uh, I usually come across a nice <laughs> little fun tidbit or two. Oh, this is interesting. I'll make sure I bring this up. Your Google search yields uh, some interesting information. <laughs> um, for yeah. all intents and purposes, you were a spy for Canada. I mean, you were deep undercover. Is that fair? Is that a term? I don't want to sound like a dick, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just regular undercover. Like deep undercover, is it's a thing where people have um, personas that they maintain for years and years and years, uh, like for a really long time. Um, I, I wasn't, uh, it didn't, for me, it wasn't that long, but but still, it was it was still cool spy stuff. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the thing that fascinated me, and I mean, that all fascinated me when I was looking at your profile, was the uh, permanent fixture in the spy museum in Washington. And I was like, first off, didn't know there was a spy museum. Second off, now I want to go. And then when I got to see it, I was like, that's really awesome. So 
that's really that's really cool stuff and i'm guessing yeah. you get dorks like me all the time like this is so cool when in fact what you do is probably <laughs> very terrifying <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's it's a bit of both right like, it is weird though to me even it's some sometimes even surreal because when i'm you know when i think back to when i was working like that's how i term it i'm just like i was just working <laughs> and but i can see like from the outside it's like yeah most people don't do that kind of work um you know undercover you don't know you know you don't know what these people have on them they probably are armed some of them were armed uh regularly talking about killing people that would betray them or you know and there i am standing next to them like oh yeah cool yeah yeah we should kill them that is a so, water cooler talk yeah <laughs> it's a water cooler talk and the reason why I wanted to have you on the show, besides the fact that uh, you're incredibly fascinating, uh, I watched you on the Dean Blundell Network uh, multiple times, and I was like, ah, I, want to, I want to talk to him, but I always need an excuse. I need, I need a reason to reach out to you. And then you mentioned that you're a father and that when you're out in public with your kids, it's like it's hard to turn off that brain. Um, so my question is, how do you like not walk around on high alert all of the time? Or do you? um pretty much yeah i do um yeah. it, so it's weird because uh, uh people so there is a condition people develop called hypervigilance uh, okay. especially for people who work in uh, intelligence or police or uh they they do i remember in the beginning when um when things were still very fresh meaning as uh, so way back in 2006 you know 18 guys got arrested big terrorism case in canada and and uh the months after that like i was like super high hyper vigilant like i mean just too much you know like always always looking around looking to make sure like people and so that waned uh, after you know things kind of uh went away but i think because i'm always consuming um terrorism related information news whatever i can't help but I mean, like, just was it last week? I was in Boston, and uh, it was this like wide open space, and there's all these people there. And I turn to my buddy, and I'm like, you know what? Bomb goes off, and then he's just looking at me like, holy shit, dude! Like, is that what <laughs> I'm you think about? A walk. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, is that what you think about? And I was like, yeah, you know. So it's yeah, it's a superpower. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's funny. I this is in no way relatable, but I, I would, when I was a teenager, I was jumped twice by two different groups of people. And for the longest time I was, you know, if I was on the subway and I was like by myself or whatever, I would prepared to leave the train at any given moment. And I'm, I'm a giant pussy. And I thought, <laughs> Holy shit. If I couldn't turn it off, I couldn't imagine what it was like. Do your kids notice all of a sudden it's like, okay, dad's it's time to leave the park or, or do you not let it get that far? Um, no, no, they, I mean, I'm, I'm always involved, whatever I'm doing. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm not obvious, um, you know, when I, cause a hypervigilant person is going to be very obvious. Like they're okay. always going to be, it's, it's like, it's a real condition. Like it's, it's just, it's extra. It's extreme in one sense. Uh, it is extreme because people can see it that you're, 
you know, you're looking this way, you're looking that way, you might be staring at somebody for too long or whatever, or start taking pictures or videos of people or cars or things like that. Like it gets to the point where it's like almost paranoia. It is paranoia. Um, but I, I don't get to that point. I mean, I'm just real cool about it. I, uh, I don't let it show. Although I am switched on, um, I won't be obvious about it. And do your kids have any idea what dad does or did for a living? Yeah, yeah, they, they do. Um, yeah. They did. Because I ended up writing a book um, just to kind of close, close, you know, that part of my life. I wanted to just, you know, put it behind me and, and keep going. And, and, and they read the book. Okay. You know? And so the, it's funny because about losing my virginity in the, uh, <laughs> when I was a teenager. And so like, we, it was so, we're literally at the dinner table and the, so one of the kids walks in and he's got the book. He's like, so you lost your virginity in the army cadets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, so yeah, they, they know, they know. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff on media and, and they've seen it, like they've grown up with it. Uh, whether it's like film crews or documentary stuff or whomever else, uh, they've seen it and they know. And they know. Yep. Has that made any, like when they have friends over, does it become a topic? Like I'm so fascinated. Like the daily, because honestly, I got stuck on this like phrase and I hate it because it's very Netflixy, but like the idea of spy daddy. And I'm like, oh, I could picture Jackie Chan with the movie called <laughs> Spy Daddy. And like just living your life with this, other uh, this past um so does it do do the friends know is it common knowledge are you know are you the soccer dad who happened to be a spy (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh that's pretty much what happened there's like it's weird because uh you know in the beginning i was i would tell my kids like to be very careful and like you know just safety things like if somebody pulls up you know, asking, hey, is, is Mubini your dad or something, right? Like, if anybody says that, like, deny it right away. <laughs> and and remember the last three uh, digits of the license plate. Like, if you can, you know, remember the make and model of the car. Because, you know, seven digits is harder for them to remember when they're a kid. But the last three, they'll remember. So I had to do some security tips for them. But as things kind of went back to normal, um, and, and so much of my stuff was out there in the media and whatnot. And every once in a while, like, you know, when there's a terrorism event or something, especially when the ISIS thing was going on, because like my, my work stopped because of the case. I mean, these guys got arrested in 2006 and then there was four years of court and through the, all those years, there was all this media stuff that was being churned out. And then 2010, everything was over. Uh, and then ISIS started. And so by 2014, the end of 2014, when the first ISIS attack started happening, I was being called on to do a lot of media stuff. Um, and so uh, people were seeing me all over again. And so my friend's kids would come in. They're like, hey, we just saw you on TV. My mom was talking about you. And I was just like, ah, okay, cool. Yay. You know, so. <laughs> but to your point, it's it's your job. It's It's yeah. what you do. It's what you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my job amazing um i don't thank you for your service should i be thanking you for i feel like i should be thanking you for your service what's the protocol it's you know that's a good question it's weird (laughs) it's it's so weird because you think like you know i you know like we always think okay the military right that's safe that's easy 
And and if you think about it, like joining the military, it's like you are a numbered paid employee of this known organization. Now, me being a confidential human source for the service, we do the spying, by the way. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to the CSIS <laughs> people that are out there doing doing the good stuff that they're doing, but we're the ones who do the real work. Um, but I'm not like, I was not a numbered paid employee of the service, right? It's not like I'm an intelligence officer, uh, who's, you know, they do their spy training or whatever it is they do, or an analyst who might, you know, just be, a, a nerd who's, uh, you know, just, you know, right. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, no, no, it, it's, it, so I wasn't, I wasn't kind of in that. So it was really weird for me because, you get like you get sometimes it's so funny to see how like professional jealousy even okay like so you get people who are they've been in the service for 10 years you know they've done everything right their whole life they've passed Told the company up. line everything yep, they've done everything they their finances have been in order and you know they're not they don't come from rough parts of the of the city or whatever but I'm not that, right? Like you can't send, you know, um, you know, clean cut square guy or gal into the environments that I was going into. Like you would not survive one minute. They but, would spot me coming a mile away with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's weird. So I, I'm not a member of any, you know, I'm not like a, like I said, a paid numbered employee. Like I didn't swear, uh, you know, to the then Official Secrets Act. Okay, but I have all this information which I could blab about, but obviously I'm not going to, and I have never done that because I, you know, I have a sense of responsibility, of course. So it's weird. Uh, so I, in one sense, it's like I'm not a part of them, or I was never really officially. So I don't know if you can say thank you for your service, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it. I'm confused. But I'll, I guess I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, you serve the country I, for. Whether I did. I, I I do mean, see it that way. Yeah. yeah, I do see it that way, and um, I'm I was very happy to do it, and I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. But you're saying there is a professional jealousy. That's interesting to me. So that I mean, look, you're a charismatic guy. I I can see why you your podcast is great. Um, when I do when I have seen you on TV, you're natural. So you have all of these kind of check all these boxes. So you're saying the straight laced white guys get a little jealous of the fact that. He didn't even really serve and he's getting all the yeah. attention. Yeah. 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 It's like, why, why, why are they listening to him? I'm the one with the, the master's degree and I also have a master's degree, but it's like, I'm, or I'm the one with the PhD or I'm the, this, I'm the one who spent 10 years in the service. I've got and, four stars here. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I'm not trying to take away from them. Like in their work, like they do their work and I do my work. Like you don't have to, you know, step on my work and say oh well you weren't really CSIS so don't say that you were it's like um no I I was I was CSIS for all intents and purposes I mean that's I was the face of the service when of course everything became um public knowledge so um you know what some of them are I mean I have a lot of supporters and friends who are still in the service and they're like yes Mubin you know because I did I did some really really cool stuff a lot of stuff which nobody will ever know about because it just never got to court. Yeah. So it, people might know me from the Toronto 18, but not realize that, well, yeah, I was working undercover two years before the Toronto 18. So, 
you know, I've been around, I've done some really cool stuff, which I can guarantee you that, you know, the vast majority of police, intelligence officers, certainly analysts will never do in their lifetime. So the idea of kind of going as far down that rabbit hole that you did, do you ever have a, do you ever struggle with kind of turning it off um, when you're, when you're meeting someone new or are you always like, are you analyzing me right now? And trying to make a judgment call <laughs> like is that or can you turn it off and just kind of be in the moment um i i can of course i can turn yeah. it off and and be in the moment um and that's but before when i was in that hyper vigilant state i couldn't do it i was always switched on and i was always looking at okay what's this person da, 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 you know try to read them this and that and then i would just it there came a point where i was just like i i just can't do this anymore like i don't want to do it anymore. I just want to have a normal conversation with people. You know, it, 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 are there programs to help a, an individual like yourself, especially because you're kind of in that gray area where you served for the country, but you know, to your point, it's a little bit of a gray area. So the, the mental health programs and things that are, are available, are they there for you as well? Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, that's, that's for, that's for the Right. That's for the paid numbered employees. If, you know, they had a bad day and they want to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. I had nobody to talk to. You know, I had my wife uh, to talk to. And then, I mean, thank God I have the wife that I have. I had nobody. I mean, I had to fend for myself and deal with all my shit myself. Uh, but you know what? It's okay. I, I really, truly appreciated the experience, even the, you know, the bumps in the road and the more than bumps. I mean, like straight up, you know, being slammed by, in, you know, on your face on the ground. But you know what? It makes you, it made me stronger, it made me much stronger, much better, much more clear thinking and analytical and everything. I just would not be who I am right now if I didn't go through all that hard stuff. So, but not everyone's Mubeen. That's like, I'm now like worried about the <laughs> next guy, right? Like the next guy yeah. who's not as strong as you are and doesn't have that support system who is doing a, a service for our, our country. Um, that's disappointing and infuriating to hear that. Yeah, it's, not it, there. Is, it is disappointing. And, it, you know, if you think about it, I, I thought to myself, it's like, you know, what leg do I have to stand on as, you know, pardon the, you know, almost uh, superficial stereotypes here, but what does a, what leg do I have to stand on as a brown Muslim guy? When I look at, you know, big organizations um, and they have sexual assault, you know, sexual harassment, whether it's the military or the police or whatever. And it's like they're doing that to white women. OK, so uh, what chance do I stand? You know, um, but this is, I think, uh, just, a, you know, it's a good note that there is a larger problem out there that needs to be that needs to be dealt with both at the institutional level so that institutions understand that, look, people have these sorts of issues, but also realizing that even nowadays, like the times in which we live, I find that we are, we're hurting more uh, than we used to hurt. You know what I mean? Um, mental, mentally, uh, it's just, it's a whole different environment that we live in now. So it, it it's really important for them to pay attention to these things and not, you know, wait until something goes tragically wrong and then realize, okay, we need to do something. And then it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. The, the mental health aspect of it, I mean, it's so prevalent in today's society. And I look, I 
an hour ago, I tweeted out like, you know, I suffer from what they call extreme social anxiety. That doesn't mean I'm introverted. That means I might cry on the way to the printer because I have to deal with the social interaction, right? Like that's where I'm at. And, and I, thankfully I've got all the support in the world. So again, I, I, now I'm like, well, what can I do to help? So what could someone do? What could myself do? What could a listener do to help move this in the right direction moving? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think what the, some of the things that helped me and I, as I was just trying to navigate, you know, my life at that time, which was just like, I mean, you gotta understand, like I was, uh, I was a, a gray guy, you know, for the longest time, nobody knew who I was, nobody knew what I was doing, they were never going to know. It was all classified until it moved on and became this police investigation, which, you know, I accepted that, okay, let me follow through with this investigation and all right, I'll take it to court. And then not realizing that, holy crap, like once it got to court, now everybody knew about me and my work and not everybody was happy. That's for sure. Um, and then you get attacked from all sides and it was just like, it wrecked my head at that time. It really did. It did me in. But you know what, this is, uh, this is what happens, right? Like this is a lesson. So in the beginning, I struggled a lot. I was, I was just having a lot of issues. And one of the things that's always been something I've always been doing is, is working out, is training, is going to the gym or whatever. And in, it's really, I, it might sound a little bit cliche, or maybe it's just my bias that I've been training all the time, but Physical exercise, man, it it does wonders for your mental health. Now, it's not just a physical thing, like just what it does in terms of releasing endorphins and all that stuff that's natural and that you're accessing it in a natural way as opposed to doing it through self-destructive, um, you know, self-medicating means. Um, you know, then it just becomes, that just becomes uh, a crutch, right? And to, especially with substance stuff and people, you know, getting involved in all sorts of stuff. And even for me, like, you know, I'm a Muslim guy, okay, in 2006, and, like, now I'm, like, drinking, okay, and because I'm, like, I'm lost, right, like, there's nobody that was there for me, and so, um, you know, I had to pick myself up, you know, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and, like, basically telling myself that, look, like, people are rooting for your failure, for me to fail, you know, and so I had to, I was, like, I'm not going to give them that satisfaction, you know, and so, I just went crazy back into training and I was just like training, training, training all the time. And that, that really helped me. So that, that's one thing I would say is that train, go to like, have a training program. I go like, I'm a little, I'm not extreme, but like, I'm, I do it right. Meaning everything like I, you do is extreme. Well, everything <laughs> is extreme. well I, I do the training right because like, I like, I'm into the whole thing. Like I got my meal stuff. Like I do, Okay, granted, I don't like have Tupperware containers with like chicken breast, eight ounce, you know, and this and yeah, that. Yeah. But you're not that guy. <laughs> but I, I do the, I do the calorie counting. Like I know how many calories I need. I have a training plan that a training program that I paid for, and and I do it. And so that kind of routine uh, outside. So that's something that you do. That's and that's what you got to tell yourself is this is something that I do outside of all the other stuff that's going on in my life already, my kids, my job, this, that, whatever else, the training is that decompression. And it really, so that's one thing. Another thing I would really suggest is if people who are religious or spiritual um, to find somebody that they trust, uh, doesn't have to be uh, 
a priest. I mean, it could be a priest, uh, depending on whatever your particular context is, um, or it could just be, you know, just a really good friend that, and you, everybody has one of those friends, I hope, um, that you can tell them anything, you know, you can say anything and they'll just, they're always supportive, right? And they, so that's another thing I would add into the mix. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of seeking professional help, like when you know, I, I don't want to say you know when you need professional help because a lot of times people don't. Yeah. Um, they got to hit a rock bottom of some kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to say that you'll know when you hit that that place because everything will be crashing and burning around you based on how you're responding to the situation. So that that might be, and it's okay. It's okay to go in, even if you don't think you need it, but just to go in and speak to a mental health practitioner um, or whatever, psychotherapist, psychologist, whatever you want. Um, try it out, you know, see how it feels. You'd be surprised. Um, it, people are very uncomfortable when it comes to that. They don't want to admit that they have problems or they they need help or whatever, but it's like, you got to think, think from the perspective of like, you want to be, you want to be better than you are now, you know? And, and that is, that is really a, a step in that direction because you're not going to lose anything from it. You really won't. I mean, um, so, so go in and get whatever help you think you need, match it up with some training, you know, have a good diet. Um, don't over drink, don't do drugs. Um, you'll be fine. You're, you're talking, you know, the whole complete package here, physical, mental, spiritual. I mean, you, you it's what you did, right? You, you're talking about the physical aspect of it all. Go work out, treat your body right. Mm -hmm. See someone, talk to a therapist, talk to someone, treat your mind right. It's a muscle. It needs to be, it needs to be exercised and cleansed. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then that soul portion of it, have someone that you can lean on. And uh, it's a wise... Wise words, Mubin. I uh, I greatly appreciate your time, man. That's it today. That's it. We're done. Wicked, so, Mubin, shake spies like us. It's a fantastic podcast. It's I also like it because um, of its length. I try to keep my podcast to like thirty minutes. Yours are like forty five minutes to an hour, yep. and you just bang them out. I bang them out That's while it. I'm typing away and working, and it's in the background. And sometimes I have to pause and read like Google because I'm like, what did he say? And I do a little <laughs> extra Google search. Uh, but it's a it's a great podcast. So everyone, check it out. Thanks. Thanks, Mubin. Thanks, Nerd Dad. <laughs> That's it. It's the show. I told you. Mubin's awesome. He is the coolest dude around. Um, it's hard not to fanboy out around him and uh, develop a bit of a crush. I don't want to make things too weird, but uh, it's easy to develop a crush on that man. So... Uh, give him a follow, watch it, listen to his podcast, Spies Like Us. It's terrific stuff. And then I want to thank DeanBlundell.com, DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network, and a really good website for just kind of fun topics. Check it out. And then I want to invite you to visit thatnerddad.ca, all new totally revamped looks terrific and uh i'm doing like an article a day at least pop culture politics stuff that doesn't make it into the show stuff i don't think i have a real home for uh stuff i think you're gonna find interesting all available at that nerd and then finally thank you
Thank you, thank you, thank you. New listener, old listener, family member, hi mom. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Be well, be safe, and uh, we'll talk next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Damn. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.